It's the New Mercury Podcast, and here's your host, Kyle Lohmeyer. Welcome back to the New Mercury Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Kyle Lohmeyer, because no one else is going to say this stuff. So for going on two years now, I've been wondering why this whole Russiagate fairy tale has maintained the traction it has in the media and in the government's dog and pony show known as the Mueller Investigation. The idea first floated almost immediately after it was clear Hillary lost the 2016 election to the second worst candidate in American history is that Russian trolls influenced the outcome of the 2016 election by flooding social media with, quote, fake news, possibly even at Trump's behest. The whole idea is, of course, kind of absurd. This is why it seems so plausible to liberals and lefties, I guess. They tend to embrace ridiculous ideas like universal health care and gun control anyway. But this is really beyond the pale. At first, I thought this was just kind of a going-away present, uh, present for Clinton from the media, a way of massaging her hurt feelings and explaining away how she managed to lose the general election after the DNC rigged the primary for her. Plus, maintaining this silly narrative for her would help her sell a few more copies of her hilarious book. But then it didn't go away. Instead, the silliness multiplied, and we ended up with the Mueller probe in the House and Senate Intelligence Committee investigations. The House one was really great. That's the one that brought to light that Jesus versus Satan arm wrestling meme as being a product of those nefarious Russian trolls who won the election for Trump. And on and on it went. My Facebook feed was littered with idiot liberals posting stories about Mueller getting another indictment against some Russian national who will never see the inside of a courtroom with the caption, TikTok Trumpsters impeachment time is coming for two years now. Just nonsense. All of this make-believe that it took Russian trolls to convince the American electorate that Hillary Clinton is unlikable. The woman called half the country deplorable within weeks of the election. And this was after she spent some 18 months or whatever it was running for Obama's third term when middle-class retirees who'd already been bled white for the first two were deciding that they just couldn't afford any more of that sort of fiscal recklessness. I mean, it was obvious why Hillary lost. She's awful and her platform was the same as Obama's and Americans were already tired of that. The end. So the fact that the government and the media, and therefore liberals too, continued to cling to this absurd Russiagate fable was always something of a mystery to me. It in fact seemed to me a really, really dangerous for liberals, and Democrats specifically, to continue believing that Russia, and not Hillary, defeated Hillary. If the Democrats continue to blame, for two years now, Russia, and not their own inherent awfulness for Hillary's defeat, aren't they just setting themselves up to be brutally defeated by their own awfulness again? How can they fix themselves, after all, if they don't think that being terrible is what lost the election, but rather Russian interference via social media did? I mean, I could see some few small and silly possible explanations, like ratings for CNN and MSNBC. Given that the government is investigating the issue, those outlets do have something, quote, newsworthy that they can cover and thereby keep the whole Russiagate fable up at the forefront. But then that just seems mostly to benefit those media outlets and not the government. And again, as long as the Democrats are focused on Russia and not fixing their own inherent terribleness, how are they going to win this year or in 2020? For the life of me, I just can't figure out why this fable persisted when it didn't seem to be helping any of the oligarchs or the government itself and was rather just wasting time and giving the media something to bash the president over and over with. It all just seemed very odd to me. And now, my job, as I see it, is to spend my time making educated guesses as to what the hell is going on and what evil our government is up to, and then report back to you, because it's not like you've got time to do that all week. Okay, I shamelessly copped that bit there from George Carlin, only he said his job was to make up goofy stuff. And I might not be far away from making up goofy stuff here. 
Or I might just be onto something here with my theory as to why the entire Russiagate fable was first created and then reported on relentlessly. And for help in figuring out what Russiagate is really all about, I turn again to the timeless writings of H.L. Mencken to shed light upon this mystery. Mr. Mencken wrote, The whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed, and hence clamorous to be led to safety, by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary. Well, the, the internet generally, and social media specifically, are the last mediums of free expression that the government has no real control over. I mean, it's got the FCC to regulate broadcasting, and it's got its handlers to keep the print media in check. Again, see the New York Times handling of the Ed Snowden story. And it's got its propagandists feeding its misinformation to everybody. So as far as the government is concerned, though, www. might as well stand for Wild Wild West. And this is unacceptable to the government, and it always has been. But for a long time, most folks, most folks liked the Internet. I mean, hell, it put newspapers out of business and forced me personally into a career change. And I still love the web. So this, of course, then makes it difficult for the government to aggressively move to censor and control the web, especially social media. And so, outside of Zuckerberg fielding some stupid questions from the congressional figureheads, and its failed bid to impose, quote, net neutrality that it turns out no one needed it to do, the government hasn't been able to impose its will upon the web or upon social media, and for the most part, no one has asked it to. And that's the thing that had to change. In order for government to be able to regulate and censor social media the way it would really like to, it first must turn the web and social media into a hobgoblin it can menace the peasantry with. Hence the two years' worth of staying power this laughable Russiagate fable has been granted. If the government can successfully convince Americans that the web and social media are dangerous peddlers of lies that can lead Americans into choosing the, quote, wrong one of the only two candidates they're ever allowed to choose between, then that will have had the intended effect of getting Americans to want the government to do something about it. And boy, oh boy, the government would only be too happy to do a lot of somethings about social media and the web. They'd love to control it as outright as they do education and the mainstream media. It's only because, at first, and for quite a while, the lesson was always, don't believe what you see online, Wikipedia isn't even reliable. And that's the reason why the government wasn't ever too threatened by the web. But now, with the rise of social media and podcasting, and the concurrent decline of the reputation of mainstream media, the credibility of many web-based news outlets is on par with those of more traditional ones. This means that those independent, unregulated voices out here on the web are now reaching a tipping point of dangerousness to the government. Is it any wonder, then, why such pages as V for Voluntary, The Free Thought Project, Liberty Memes, and Cop Block have all been banned from Facebook? Well, temporarily, Liberty Memes and other ones are back with you know, duplicate accounts, but they were banned at first. Zuckerberg is nearing the point of being an oligarch. He has the wealth, and his social media platform has the influence. So he'll soon be presented with a choice. He will either quietly join the oligarchy and continue to do his bidding, as he has done with unpublishing popular anti-government pages, or he will be destroyed. Now, most people tend to like being wealthy and not being annihilated, so Mark Zuckerberg will join the oligarchs, and soon Facebook will become unlivable for all but the non-player characters the government wants us all to be. So, I predict that shortly after the midterms conclude, and again, this is just me making a prediction, I could be totally wrong, but after they conclude, however they go, the Mueller probe will wrap up without much fanfare and there will be no charges against Trump or anyone relevant. There will be, however, recommendations that the government regulate the web and social media so as to prevent future, quote, meddling from outside sources like those nefarious Russian trolls with their Jesus versus Satan arm wrestling memes. And President Trump will get behind it because he will have been told to do so. 
and it will seem like an olive branch being extended to the left while further exonerating him of the supposed collusion with Russia. After all, why would he support government steps to ban the very thing that supposedly won the election for him in 2016, right? It's a masterstroke of propaganda and manipulation, really. You sell Americans a nonsense story for two years, then use that story to convince them that the government needs to save them from the internet and fake news on social media, and then write in and save the day with censorship while the anti-government groups and pages on social media are quietly unpublished and banned. Soon, the web and social media will be as sanitized and gentrified as the mainstream media, and most Americans will be appreciative of their government for it. Because, after all, how can we tolerate foreign power seeking to influence the outcome of our elections? How dare they even seek to meddle in the way we democratically select our leaders? Am I right? The irony there of the moral indignation and outrage Americans who actually believe the Russiagate fairy tale. I mean, it's just so sweet, that irony, that my feet are tingling. Yes, yes, how dare the Russians use memes and fake news via social media to influence our elections? After all, when America decides to interfere in who's going to lead some other country, its CIA tends to use bombs and bullets, not memes and fake news. Way back in 1953, the USA and the UK decided Iran's leadership was just mistaken in its desire to nationalize its oil fields, and so they launched a coup d'etat to remove the prime minister from power and instead prop up the Shah, who was a monarch who was happy to rely upon Western support in exchange for access to the nation's oil fields. That was only the first CIA coup executed in peacetime, and that was 65 years ago. They've pulled off some really dirty stuff since then. Supposedly, JFK wanted to rein in the CIA. And that's probably why a communist sympathizer shot him in the head, only to be murdered himself before trial by a shady guy with mob connections who suddenly turned super patriotic, and Passport survived burning jet fuel. But Russian trolls and fake news on social media are the big threats to our freedom as American persons. I mean, I'm just some goofball on the internet, right? What the hell do I know? Well, as I said in a very poorly produced first episode, it's not by accident that everything most of us all know comes from and is filtered through a very small handful of sources of influence in our lives. Most of us went to a school run by the government and were taught its curriculum. Most of us learn what we know about what's going on in the world from the same small handful of media sources, themselves owned by an even smaller handful of oligarchs. This is not an accident. This is why the Federal Department of Education and the Federal Communications commission exist. As long as we all, quote, know the same things because we, quote, learn everything we know from the same tiny handful of government-controlled sources, then we ourselves become very easy to control. And that is how the government likes it. Out here on the web, for now anyway, folks like me can say these sorts of dangerous truths. We can infect the minds of American persons and horror of horrors maybe cause them to question the things they, quote, know. I mean, we can try to anyway. That's the whole point of this podcast and the blog it grew out of, to just encourage people to think a bit differently, or indeed at all, about their government, to question everything it tells them. I have this naively optimistic idea that if I can do just that, or just do that anyway, I'll have done something useful in life, that I and this podcast can serve as a kind of a bridge between most people who go through life not ever questioning what their government has worked so hard to teach them, and then the people like me who do constantly, almost to a fault. No, 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 really, probably, really, actually to a fault. But anyway, I mean, it would be great if everyone who ever listened to the things I say or read the things I write all became voluntarist atheists who appreciate the late Stoics. But that's not likely. I mean, I'm kind of a jerk, and I'm probably not the best ambassador for any of my beliefs, really. But hey. At the very least, however, I would like to have had the effect of spreading, even to just one other person, the hobby of deeply and thoroughly questioning everything the government has ever taught you. 
be it in school or in the media. Okay, wait, so quick caveat there. There's no need to question whether or not the Earth is actually round. It is. There's no great conspiracy to hide a flat Earth from anyone, so knock it off. Also, there's no need to question whether or not there's any additional chemicals being dispersed in those condensation trails left by passing airplanes. There's not. That's just what happens when you burn hydrocarbons at altitude, okay? Ever notice how your own car's exhaust is a lot more noticeable on a cold, dry day in the winter? Kind of the same thing, only when it's quite a lot of exhaust and it's being exhausted at 35,000 feet where it's quite cold, it tends to hang in the air a lot longer than it does when it's pumped out of your own tailpipe two or three feet off the ground. And there's nothing nefarious about the patterns those condensation trails make in the sky either, okay? Believe it or not, there have been established what are basically roads in the sky for different classes of aircraft operating at different altitudes complete with intersections where those flight paths cross, okay? I mean, guys, the government does enough actual awful stuff to us without people wasting time and energy believing in ridiculous nonsense like chemtrails and the earth being flat. I mean, I admire the spirit of questioning everything, but there are, in fact, such things in life as stupid questions. It is not, however, in my humble opinion, dumb to question nearly everything important that the government just expects us to believe. Because most of those things are noticeably absurd if you just dig deep enough into the official explanations of a lot of things. And when you peel away enough layers and see how the government and its cronies, the oligarchs, are the only ones to ever benefit from what government does, it isn't hard then to suss out why things are the way they are. But first, more people have to start asking more questions. And if enough people start asking enough questions, the government will very soon run out of explanations that are even remotely plausible. But of course, the government can't ever just come clean. I mean, can you imagine some like four-star general you've never heard of uh, suddenly interrupting a White House briefing, just pushing Sanders out of the way and just telling everyone, look, all right, you're all a bunch of tax slaves, and this is all just a charade meant to give you the illusion of participation and control over your government. You, in fact, have none. You're passengers. Your stupid president is just a figurehead and himself a passenger. So sit down, shut up, and make sure you file your taxes on time. I mean, that's why the only explanation officially you know, the government has to the question, wait, why isn't the war on poverty caused a net reduction in poverty yet? The answer is always going to be, well, just vote harder next time. It will never be because the Democrats launched, in fact, the, quote, war on poverty to secure the votes of poor people, especially minorities, for all time. Obviously, then the Democrats can't create a net decrease in their own electorate. That wouldn't be self-serving of them at all. And all government is, of course, always entirely self-serving. I mean, duh, where the hell have you been? Same thing. The question, you know, the answer to the question what the hell did Iraq have to do even with the official explanation for 9-11 again? There's always going to be, well, weapons of mass destruction and not, oh, money for the defense and oil oligarchs. Duh, where the hell have you been? And that's why, hopefully not, but possibly someday, the answer to the question, why did the government take over, monitor, and censor the World Wide Web and social media again, will be, oh, to protect Americans and elections from Russia, fake, Russia and fake news, and it'll never be to silence those who try to expose Americans to the truth of what their government actually is. Duh, where the hell have you been? And government is going to need that rationalization. After all, the FCC's rationalization for existence is the fact that there's a limited amount of electromagnetic spectrum space that is well suited for broadcasting. So, clearly, someone was going to have to divvy it all up to keep stations from trying to broadcast over top one another or on adjacent channels that would cause interference. And that someone just might as well be the armed gang that runs everything else, right? I mean, 
Surely an independent non-government association of broadcasters couldn't have just sorted it all out for their own mutual benefit of, you know, being able to broadcast clearly to their audiences and not just filling the airwaves with noise that would have benefited none of them. Nope, had to be government. Now, that having the armed gang handle the matter of spectrum scarcity has had the side effect of government coming to control the content and access to that spectrum is, you know, just one of those things. Government doing government stuff. So if, or most likely when, the government gets to step in and protect social media from Russian fake news and other threats to our electoral process, you can sure as hell count on it to shut out access to all media outlets that are not already under its control. That would be the whole point. That will have been the entire point of fabricating this nonsensical Russiagate fable from the start. I mean, I could be wrong, of course. You sure won't find this take on a trusted, vetted, mainstream news source. Those will, again, tell you that, in fact, Russian fake news memes and flooding into social media streams actually convinced some Americans who were otherwise inclined to vote for Hillary Clinton to instead vote for Donald Trump. Now, I personally have not yet met one Trump voter who has told me they regret finding out that the one thing that tipped them from their vote from Clinton to Trump turned out to be a Russian fake news story or meme. Now, if any of you know such a person, please, please, please have them contact me. They just might be the first ever interview subject here on this podcast. But nevertheless, that is the official story, per the mainstream media. And for liberals and Democrats, this is actual gospel truth. That's what really actually happened. And to them... That story sounds credible, and my theory that the entire Russiagate fable was fabricated so as to turn the web and social media into a hobgoblin that the electorate will then clamor to be saved from by the government censorship is crazy. Tinfoil hat, Infowars, gay frog stuff. And maybe it is. Hell, I've been wrong before. Or maybe I just managed to think this whole Russiagate thing through for myself without regard for the prevailing taboos and superstitions. And that would make me, as Mr. Lincoln said all those decades ago, the most dangerous sort of person to any government. And those sorts of dangerous persons are just the sort of people we need more of here in the USA. So if you're still listening, thank you. And please, like and share The New Mercury on Facebook before it gets sucked. And head over to the website, www.thenewmercury.com. There you'll find hundreds of thousands of words of blog entries, some clever Photoshop, and some funny original memes stashed on the buffoonery page. Until then... Be dangerous.